With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, folks. It's not snowing in Buffalo, but but it is snowing in Eastern PA and in New Jersey. Yes. uh, It's piling up here, man. Yes, it's piling up there. Eck is having power outage problems. We've asked and received... Uh, Anthony Mangione for uh, to, to come on the show and give us an update, a weather forecast from uh, his area. But uh, I, I had to say this for the pre-show, and I, it's funny because I was I, I was drawing a blank, and then all of a sudden, the, the com- commercials that come on at inopportune times or that are just purely disgusting really annoy me. It's like you're watching a baseball game, and the New York State. Uh, smoking ads come on where the guy has had half of his face uh, removed because of, you know, or, or his, or his, or his throat or, you know, his fingers. It's just like all these, you know, it, I understand you're trying to send in a, a message, uh, you know, that smoking is not good. I get that. But you know, like when somebody's eating and they really don't want to see that. And then that, that's the, that's a, like, it's like, uh, you know, preparation H commercials during, during dinner time. It's it's annoying. Listen, I find Papa John's commercials disgusting. I mean, we're, you know, it depends what your version of disgusting is. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, right. If you're a vegetarian, you don't exactly like to see Wendy's commercials with the big juice. I just think if you're a human, I mean, but whatever, you know. But but no, the the um, uh, on the station that I was watching, they had this thing called the Navage, which is the. I know what it is. Yes, it's like it's like it's. <laughs> It's like an electric neti pot that pumps water into your sinus passages and then pu- pushes it out. And essentially you have this receptacle of all the snot and uh, it's, it, it's the most disgusting thing to, to, and they, and they actually show the person it's some woman with these two nozzles sticking up mm-hmm. their nose. It's yeah. the, it's you know, gross. It, 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 I, I've seen it and I'll give you the exact description of what I think of. It's an enema for your nose, <laughs> or a snot vacuum. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's absolutely gross. It's like I, I I get I get how people some people back in the day were upset with like the Viagra commercial and Cialis, Cialis commercials during football, but now I think they everybody's become desensitized about that. And nobody really cares. I don't. I can't conceive of anybody ever being desensitized about the Navage. It's just gross. So anyway, okay, we'll we'll, we'll talk. I do laugh at the. I'm an infomercial uh, connoisseur, and every once in a while in my house, if we find one that's bad enough, we'll watch it for a while because we just laugh at it. Yeah, I mean, yes, and I, I have to. I have to say, and I know this because in watching some games on the West Coast and falling asleep during them, and that it's not a not a statement about the game, but just the fact that I'm getting old and can't stay awake. Um, I wake up at two o'clock in the morning with that endless loop of this food processor that they have on NHL on Game Center Live, or you know they, they and it, they keep it going for two hours. 
their version. It's television version of cycling. You know, you're just cycling the puck and cycling the commercials. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's That's get hilarious. There you, there you go. Good one. Touche. Okay. Uh, hello, hockey world. Today is Wednesday, March twenty first, twenty eighteen. I'm Anthony Mangione from Sunrise Philly Magazine. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology and really snowy South Jersey. And I'm Michael Agello from sunny Buffalo, and this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. Uh, well, it was sunny down in Boca Raton, Florida, where the NHL general managers were meeting, and the meetings have wrapped up today with a decision. Now, it's not finalized because apparently he has to get the stamp of approval from the officials and the NHLPA, but it sounds like it's going to. And the decision was made to change the goaltender interference determination uh, shifting it to mostly to the video room in Toronto where they will have a retired referee or referees in, in, in the room to help determine uh, a decision on goalie interference. Um, Anthony, what do you think of this, that this change? Um, there's that old feeling of, too, of the old too many, uh, too many chefs in the kitchen. I get that sort of a little bit of a feeling to it. Um, I'm willing to certainly see how it goes, um, but I, I would say certainly there. I, I want to. There's going to need to be a revisiting of things. I think when we get to the summer, I don't think this. I don't think this should be the end all for the situation. I think they need to look things over even more. So, I like it because again, I felt like if you're gonna not get it exactly right on the ice, and then your next recourse is looking at an iPad on the ice. I would rather them look at it in Toronto on these massive screens than looking at it on a little screen trying to figure it out. And clearly, none of us have been happy with the way they were figuring it out before. So I'm willing to give Toronto a chance here because I was one of the people that said, you know, Toronto used to chime in on everything, and now they're not chiming in on this. They might as well. Yeah, I mean, the I mean, the one thing I think that we'll get out of this is a little bit more consistency because – Toronto will have a set of parameters of what they think is goaltender interference and what is not. It's not going to depend solely on the two referees in the rink at the time. It's going to be the same people in the uh, the, the center in Toronto making the decisions. So if, the, if it's the same people, then we're going to get the same criteria. Now, where I think it could really be screwed up is if – it's the same people and we get differing criteria. If we get one play where it's clearly goalie interference, the goaltender has been run into and they say no goal. And then the same thing happens or something very similar. And then they say goal. I mean, if we, we need consistency out of it, even if it, even if it's a little flawed, if it's consistent, I think there'll be less of a problem. If it's inconsistent, I think it's going to be a cluster F. I mean, at least it's less impactful than the catch in the NFL, which you really especially in the end zone, had no idea this year. It doesn't come up as much as that, but it does come up enough that I, I think, you know, it's fair to worry about it. But I really do think they'll they'll get it right now. And I do think Mike was on to something when he just said, hey, maybe the same eyes doing it all the time will get more consistency. Yeah, and I, 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 I really think that, that that will help. And because I, I've been I've been of the mind over the last few months that the way things are going and I, I know Mike Babcock and a number of other coaches have said similar things in terms of getting it, getting it right, getting it straight. But my, my point of view is you're on a path right now and we'll see if this changes it. But before this change, I think we were on a path to 1999 where Brett Hall was in the crease and you know, you'd have a play 
with goaltender interference that would change the course of a game, of a series, of a season. And I don't think, you know, teams will lose and fan bases will lose their minds if, if that happens. And that, that, I think the NHL needs to at least optically avoid any uh, – try to address this and try to solve it before that happens. So, okay. Yep. Um, one, one thing, one thing that, one thing that did come out of it, and we're 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 joined by Pete Tassier here. Hey, Peter. Uh, we gave you have to turn up your volume, but okay. While while here you're doing go. that, there How you go. That? Now, we, um, Peter, we were just talking about goalie interference, um, and the and the uh, the the uh, the changes that are being made. And one thing that there that's being hinted at in terms of a change, further change after the season is they may do the same thing for goaltender interference that they did for offsides, which is if you're allowed to review, you're allowed to request a review, but if you request and it's not determined that it's goalie interference, they're going to give you a penalty. And that's a double whammy for some teams though. It's like, okay, you're, you know, you're, here's a disputed goal. You're, you're saying, okay, I think it's goalie interference. And here, if it's, if you're wrong or if they think you're wrong, then let's throw a power play on top of it. That's a two goal potential two goal swing if you get the call wrong. What do you think? Well, I, I think rather than than deal with the actual problems that everyone knows exists with the, the situation, they're just trying to eliminate people causing problems within the situation by putting in a potential penalty for being wrong about it. And the the issue isn't whether you're right or wrong, it's that no one knows what goalie interference is. So figure that out first and then add the penalty in, but at least make everyone know what it is first so they know if it's worth taking the risk. Right now, they're just trying to say, well, we're not going to tell you what it is, so you take the risk, good luck. It's kind of backwards thinking. Yeah. I, mean, I still like the idea I, I, that I came up with the other day, and Peter, I don't know if you were on the show or not, but basically give a penalty if either the opposing team pushes someone in the net or you your own teammate pushes your own player into your own goalie. I don't care. Give a penalty for that, and then you won't have all these goalie interference replays anyhow then. Yeah, I mean, that's it. Maybe it has to be a very black and white world in what things are. And if you nudge a guy and he nudges, I mean, and he nudges the goalie, it's a penalty. You take the risk if you're the defender. You take the risk if you're the, if you're the, um, if you're the, uh, off, the offense. But as Colin Campbell said yesterday at the GM meetings, he believes goaltenders are embellishing it all. So you've got that variable in there too. I, I, mean, I think Colin stuck in, in, in the old days though. Like I think that's where that's old school thinking. I really haven't seen much embellishment out of goalies, to be honest. I don't think it's been a lot. I think they do it. They're just better at doing it and hiding it because they're sort of masked in gear. They're sprawled out. They naturally flop around anyways. I think they're better at hiding goals that are over the goal line, but that's another day's yeah. discussion. I yeah. just think the NHL, and, and given by what came out of the GM meetings in that there isn't consensus by the GMs and, and the league reps who are there on how they want to deal with it, they're dealing with it by the only way they can they know there's a problem but if we can't get consensus out of 31 teams then we're going to have to find a way to deal with it and that hence the penalty i think that's their their option or how they're looking at it because they're not going to please everyone by doing any action with it so that's their only action okay uh let's talk about some of the games last night and and peter overshadowing what was going on 
Uh, it, the final score of the game was, which was 2-1 Winnipeg in overtime over the LA Kings, was what what, what happened in the first period when Patrick Laine took a shot off of, I think it was his right leg. I don't even know who took the shot. All I know is that I saw the replay of it over and over and over again on social media. And I was I was struck by the humor that Paul Maurice used in the uh, in the press in the presser this morning. I believe it was this morning where you know they asked him if it was below the skate or above the skate, and he said it was a concussion. You know, in his dry sense of humor, and then and then later said, well, after the amputation, uh, he should be back in a month. So I mean, that, I I like that. It's like it's yeah. sort of this sort of disarming. But I mean, uh, there was a lot of alarm about Line A being injured because it didn't look good at that point it didn't look good he got back to the bench and he sat down and he looked to be in discomfort but not like pain then the next thing that came up on the tv was him going down the tunnel with a trainer under each arm and his left foot it was his left foot the replay's funny it sort of goes past his right leg but it hits it just high above his ankle okay and on, on his left ankle and up in the air and that he couldn't put weight on it um Maurice did say it wasn't anything sinister and they don't expect him to be out long. So I think he's got a bruise. The pads on the shin pads wrap around really well. And they're not like something from 1983 where it's literally just a piece of plastic in front. There's a lot of padding on, on the sides of these things now. Um, and I think he's just, it's just sore and he's got a stinger and it's probably on the bone a little bit. And, you know, yeah, bone bruises hurt, man. I, I, I've gotten them. They, they can be really painful. Yeah, and, you know, I don't think it's anything bad. And if it was, you know, they, they Paul Maurice would have said no comment. He wouldn't have been joking about it. Right. The the province of the province of Manitoba was uh, was uh, um, going towards global warming with the collective sigh of relief. Oh, yeah. That they that they let out one because I think, you know, obviously, I think the loss of line a would have been <laughs> Would have been a big one for their playoff, you know. To Are you sure, Mike? Welcome, please, please. It would have yeah. dashed their playoff hopes. I mean, he's a he's a very key player for them. I, I mean, mean, you I saw what you know the Jets' power play after he went down was. I mean, they absolutely controlled the play against LA last night, and they had four power plays, went over four with no. Wine was on for one of them, and I mean, it, it there's nothing there. It was just, I mean, he, he, he is the big cannon. He's like Ovechkin and yeah. it matters. And you know, when he's not there, there's a, it's a huge hole. Now, Anthony, um, I'm sure you watched some of or all of the, the Red Wings Flyers game last night. It was another game. You could tell, it, you know, it was an important game. Mrazek going back against the team that traded him. You know, I don't know if he has any personal animosity towards the Red Wings. I don't know. I, th I think they gave him plenty of shots to steal the job there, and he, he never was able to. But he gets pulled in that game. Um, didn't play particularly well. I, I saw one series of plays where he was, you know, he made a couple three saves, and and the, the defense in front of him was not was not helping him out. But they did come back and tie the game and lose five four in a shootout. But you know they get they get a point there, and you know down four to one, getting a point is important. Yeah, I mean, down three one, they tie it. Troy gets one back. They Philly gets one uh, with Konechny uh, with about two minutes left. They, they cut it to four four, and then they get to OT in the shootout. Um, that being said, for Philadelphia, it, this was almost a almost the same script as the Carolina game over the weekend, mm -hmm. where they played down to their opponent, 
in this circumstance and kicked it into gear in the third period. And Sean Couturier basically said it after the game that um, they came into this game thinking it was going to be, you know, relatively, this was going to be a relatively easy game. And they have to, and this is part and parcel with who they are as a team, mm -hmm. that they are inconsistent. They can be, they can play extremely well and they can play very sloppy and down to their opponent. And that's what we saw last night. Now, Morazic, um, I would say a couple of his – certainly two of those three goals were – I would definitely it would hang on him, especially the second one. The second one absolutely was on him. The third one just looked like Keystone Cops on defense there, and he was left out the drive. And he went to the bench, said something. We all thought potentially he was yelling at the coaching staff, but he said afterwards that he had barely – Said to the to the coaching staff, he said, "Was there goalie interference on that play? Go figure." There goes that conversation again, and then went up the tunnel. And they made it sound like he was storming up the tunnel. And I'm watching his body language. I'm like, he walked up the tunnel. That was it. He was just getting his equipment off and everything. I'm sure he wasn't happy about. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't happy. happy. Right? No, he, wasn't, he wasn't happy. It would be. I mean, this was the revenge game for him and getting pulled out. He wasn't happy, but um, Again, but that's if you look at his numbers beyond the couple really stellar starts. I think his Charlie O'Connor from the Athletics said his save percentage is like point eight is eight point eight six five in the majority of his starts, and that's just not going to get it done at this point. Now they need more out of him. Um, I, I don't want to say this. He played. I thought against Washington, he played particularly well, but he's good for at least one game where you're left scratching your head. That third goal that Carlson scored from a backhand bad angle. There's, that goal should not go in. I'm sorry if you're, you know, and they were fortunate enough that they were ahead in that game that it didn't damage them. But that's been that's been Morozik for you. I mean, I mean at, at this at this point, point fans, fans are looking for Brian Elliott. I'm gonna log out. Yeah. All right, log, log out. Log back in. They're, at this point now, they're they they are very much sort of trying to maintain pace. There's enough, uh, I'd say, with uh, with Lion who's given them. Pretty good starts and everything, but at the same time, you know, even Lyon, I'm watching him in net. Some of his saves are, you know, they look spectacular because they're kind of lucky. They're a little bit, there's a little bit of uh, of Cujo luckiness in some of his stops where he's going wrong one way and is able to make the stop going across. It was, oh, it's a spectacular stop. And I'm like, yeah, but he's still a little loose with regards to his technique. Well, come on, Cujo, with Cujo, it was skill. We all know that. Yeah. Um, but okay. think though. The over gyrations that he does occasionally is what worries you. And he did it on that second goal. Yeah. And you just you you hope a goaltending coach can get that out of him. But in a short period of time like this with Philly, they probably can't. Now, uh, shifting to other games with playoff implication, and right now, you know, we've got two tight races for wild card uh, for wild card spots in both conferences. Um, the Blue Jackets beat the Rangers five to three. Uh, Panarin with the hat trick. Russ, I was surprised uh, because, and you know, I, you know, the Rangers are playing out the string, obviously, but they're not. They're not uh, much to the chagrin of Larry Brooks. They're not tanking. Um, Pionk, Neil Pionk, has ten points in ten games. He does. I still think it's one of those things where. He there's no pressure. He's not really expected to play great in his own end. I think if you if you were starting a season flat footed, he he wouldn't be this hot. But he does have offensive ability and a shot. It's just that this is a guy who needs to clean up his own end if he wants to play regularly next year. Right now, it's it, it, you know it's a good good start for him, and and we'll see 
if he does round out his game. In, in that game, look, Lundqvist was hung out to dry a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Columbus looks good, though. I mean, Ian Cole has been great for them. That's something where, you know, you always worry about trading in division, but Pittsburgh wanted to get rid of him so bad that they did. Yeah. And, you know, like I said before, bringing Sonny Milano back has added another dimension, at least to their offense, shooting and otherwise. And I guess the Panera trade's working out, Mike. At first, we weren't sure if it would. But it seems like it is. We have to we have to wait for the Anton Forsberg to really step up. Um, but and and the and the and the van the Vanek deal has helped them out as well. And Latesto. Yeah, Vanek's look good. That's a great point. He really has. Because I have my I have my have my doubts after last year's post after last season's uh, late acquisition by Florida in getting Vanek. I have my doubts, but he's grafted himself on the lineup pretty well. And I guess you know he probably has it in the back of his mind. I better have a better showing this time around than I did last year. Right. Yeah. And unless he wants to keep going one year contract for two million bucks and get traded at the deadline. You know, I'd love to have his frequent flyer miles. Um, but the one the one thing the one thing about Columbus though, they've I think they've won nine in a row. Yeah. And and right now they're tied with they're tied with Pittsburgh, Peter. They're tied with Pittsburgh at 87 points. And even if they get home ice advantage. That's not the team that this team wants to meet, match up with. They've played them a couple times in the playoffs. They've gotten hammered by them two times. Either they get the first place, you know, they're four points behind Washington and and play a play a wild card team in the first round, or they or they're the wild card and they play, you know, Washington or play Tampa. I think those matchups would be preferable than them matching up with the Penguins for a third time. Oh yeah, who who like I mean, who wants to see the Penguins at all? Just not because they're the team that they were last year, the year before, but because you don't know when they're going to turn into that team. That's the fear, right? Is does do they flip the switch and all of a sudden go full beast mode once the playoffs start, even though they're not playing particularly grand? Right. And is it just you know waiting for the real games, the games that matter to start? I mean, that's the thinking. It may not happen, but if you're anyone who you know has a possibility of playing them, you probably want to avoid them. Um, simply for that reason alone there's no joy in having them first round no 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 i mean look i i think torts has finally got them going the right way i think when he um called them out after that bear barely win the other day it got them to play better and i think bob's been really locked in he was locked in in philly he's continued to stay locked in if he stays like this they're capable even of beating pittsburgh though they are yeah but all these things have to click for them to be this way, but right now they are. And and Vanek has actually gotten in the crease too, which is something he used to do in Buffalo yes, and lot. has sort of strayed away from. And and he has done it for them. And so if if he does have a great year here, I may have to give John Tortorella some credit. Yeah, I mean, I think that was a detriment to his career, Russ, because he, you know, he was much a much speedier player earlier in his career. And Lindy Ruff had him playing in front of the net on the power play. He took a lot of abuse, a lot of, you know, a lot of back damage from cross checks and i think that's that's had a bad effect on him later in his career now now the penguins lost to the islanders four to one the the positive thing there was matt murray uh i don't know if it was his first game but he was back and he was back in that he made 36 saves um anthony before you have to go uh, you know i think murray uh, you know, obviously he's the key. I mean, obviously they need Crosby and Malkin scoring and, and Kessel as well. But I think it all rests on Murray. If Murray can stay healthy and play, I think they have a good chance at a three-peat. And if he if it goes to Tristan Jerry, I, I don't know whether they can do it. 
I I think it, I think Pittsburgh has the capability with Jerry of, of winning a couple of rounds, but I have my doubts about them getting past the conference final against say Tampa or somebody or somebody yeah. out of the Atlantic. Sure. That'll be the tough. That'll be real, real, really good stuff. And you know, Tampa is going to be as motivated as heck at that point, especially if the defense, you know, with two-time Cup champs in front of them. So yeah, I think Murray's going to be the the key there in terms of that. Because again, I don't think personnel-wise, especially on their blue line, they're as good as they were the last two seasons. Um, they did bring in Alexiak, but again, Alexiak isn't exactly you know he's he's basically going to be in the Hal Gill role, I think, for that team. Yeah, he's in that role. You're right. Yeah, he's basically, that's what he, a great description. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's based size and everything, and now he plays. Uh, he's a younger version of Hal Gill, so they, just, just and just as mobile. <laughs> no, he. You know what? Actually, Alexiak's not a bad skater. He's not great, but he's not bad at all. He's a skater. I think he's okay. He's getting a little bit, but it's a similar role for that team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, we'll continue on here, Anthony. Uh, hopefully, have you on the show tomorrow. Yeah, take care. Uh, now, all right, see ya. Anthony, uh, take care. The other game, uh, you know, the Dallas Stars. I mean, right now are in a little bit of trouble. Now, Washington beats them four three in regulation. Dallas is now on the outside looking in. They're two points behind Anaheim with, uh, and Anaheim has a game in hand. They're four points behind Colorado and Russ. That's that's the one. It's like I thought Colorado with you know there's a lot of youth there. I I'm still not sold on their the depth of their defense. And we were talking about you know Kale McCarr maybe being able to step in if he actually turned pro. I mean they're I mean I don't think they have it's a lock because there's still nine nine or ten eight or nine games left. But I'd like to be in their position four points up on Dallas for a playoff spot. Yeah, I I think. Colorado's in good shape because here's the thing. McKinnon is the league MVP. I, I don't I don't know if that's going to change. He if people if people are really trying to talk about other candidates like Connor McDavid, then they're simply just not watching Nathan McKinnon. That's one thing. Yeah. Um Alex Kerfoot, I told everybody I liked him. I thought he would have some impact. No way in shape did I think he was going to have 18 goals this year, but he does. And he has been massive because they've used him on, in every situation. Mm-hmm. And he was, uh, we knew, I knew he was going to be a smart kid who could play well, right? So, end of the day, that's been a great pickup for them because that's really sort of rounded them out. Miko Rantanen, again, quiet 26 goals. He'll get 30 goals this year. And no one talks about this guy. He's got 40 something assists. Like, it's just, it, it's, it's amazing. And I'm sure it's because of the shadow of McKinnon a little bit. But I also think, like, back in the day when, when Colorado had all these megastars, they did get a lot of press. Now they have a, a lot of good young players, and, and they don't get any press. But they're going to make the playoffs. And Jared Bednar has done a great jo- job. I think, you know, again, last year he was dealt a bad hand. And I, think he's, he's, I think he's earned some coach of the year. Uh, he has. I think he should be in that list because he – this team, it's it, – I don't know if they're going to – if they make it, if they're an easy first-round exit. I can't. I can't pick him out because McKinnon's now one of the five, six best players in the game. So you never know. Yeah, I mean, the games that I've watched, Peter, with Colorado in them, and I know we're supposed to talk about Dallas, but the thing is that right, we said yesterday with the injury to Bishop, I'm not saying they're, I'm not saying they're done because they're only two points out, but and and St. Louis is only a point behind them, but losing Bishop for two weeks, this is the worst. This worst. is the absolute worst time to lose Ben Bishop yeah. because now the onus goes back on Lettinen, and Lettinen has proved over the years that he can't be depended upon. No, this is terrible for Dallas. I, I I'm 
Dallas is done. God bless them, but they're done. Um, I, mean, I nobody... don't think. I don't think they're going to weather the storm of trying to keep up with Anaheim and LA and Colorado. I think those teams are going to go. They're in a dogfight because what they're all trying to avoid is playing Nashville first overall. Sure. That's what they want to avoid. So it's not just about making the playoffs. It's about we don't want to be eighth and play Nashville. And if you're if you're if you're a Winnipeg Jets fan or you're a San Jose fan um or a Vegas fan, you're loving watching this this kind of battle because you, you well, you've got your own battle coming. It's you want to see two teams go hammer and tongs at the bottom. And you know, two heavy teams like LA or Anaheim. To go at at Nashville was a dream come true. If you're any one of the other teams that could potentially face Nashville later on, but Dallas is out. They they just don't have the horses to keep up right now. I don't think. Every there's a couple. A there's a couple things. Uh, Segan got his leg pressed against the uh, boards, and at the end of I guess maybe the second period last night, sort of smashed his stick. So he can't be feeling great. So that's that's going to diminish their chances. Here's the thing: nobody likes Carrie Letting him more than I do. I I remember him at the draft. I covered him, and he was in the Calder Cup Finals with the Chicago Wolves facing the, the Philadelphia Phantoms with Antero Nidamaki in there, and Nidamaki played a better game. I just, you know, and, and ever since then, look, and Lettinen was an all-star, but he just always lacked that killer instinct. And yeah. he, he he's technically good, and he's had some really nice years in the NHL, but he just, when you need to really ride him and he needs to be that force mentally – I think that's when he, it's just not worked out for him. So I don't hold out a lot of hope for, for Dallas there. And if Sagan's just even, you know, at 75%, that's going to hurt him. Yeah. Now, yeah. other score, other scores last night, uh, the Sharks beat the Devils 6-2. to two. For the Sharks, you know, they're, they're solidifying that second-place hold in the Pacific. We have to, to give them credit, Mike. We I, really yeah, did. I give them a lot of credit because I, I really thought that without, without – yeah. Without Thornton, they would crumble. Uh, Kane, I know Kane had that big game on the weekend. I don't know what he did last night. They scored six goals, but I mean, the addition of Kane seemed to help them. And you know, obviously Martin Jones is playing well. Um, so yeah, I mean, it looks like they're going to hold on to at least second place, maybe third place. But yeah, Russ, they're I think they're doing great. And the bigger thing in that game was really on the Jersey side because Corey Schneider came in and he got shelled, and then Keith Kincaid came in and he gave up a goal on the yeah. first shot, like. This is the delicate balance of when you had someone like Kincaid sort of carrying the team and and going with the hot hand was working for them. And when you're in a playoff run, it's hard to sort of pull him out to get your incumbent back in there. And I kind of wonder if they did it too soon. Like you, you almost should have waited until Kincaid had a bad game and then you could let Schneider relieve him and, and then retake his job. This way now, Schneider came in, he gets chased. Kincaid doesn't have a great game. And then now you kind of wonder going into the next game, how's the devil's goaltending going to look where before it's been rock solid for weeks. Yeah. Uh, Eric fair, former, former Maple Leaf, who's got three goals in 16 games. That's not bad for, for spending a seventh round pick. He, he had, and I think Paul Martin got his first assist last night. If you can believe it. Yeah. And Brent Burns had three assists. So yeah. I'm no, gonna... but, but Paul Martin, like how much are they paying him to get one assist? Well, I think it's yeah. over. I think it's over five million, and it's got another year after that. So, so the Sharks help themselves out. Uh, the Golden Knights get a four-one win over Vancouver. They're at ninety-nine points. They're getting close to you know clinching the Pacific. 
Here's the thing, though. Can, but, can we be real about one thing, though? They are winning an awful lot of, like, meaningless games. And also, because of the home record, it really has inflated what this team may be down the road. Like, we, we don't know now because so many teams did have horrible starts against them at home, yeah. and they build up all these points. I like the way they play. I think they're a good, pesky team. It's not like they have elite scoring, and it's not like they have elite defense. And Mark Andre Fleury got hurt, and yeah, so yeah, you, you, I was burying the lead. I was going to mention he got hit by a shot. Yeah. Now we don't know. We haven't heard anything yet in terms of what the prognosis is. He's been concussed at least twice, and once in what wasn't oh, that was Matt Murray that had the one that, in practice. But similar, yeah. similar to Matt Murray, he he takes a shot off the mask and he gets concussed. If he's out, I'm not saying that Malcolm Subban can't play well because he can because he's played well, but they've been going with Flurry, and there's a reason because he's a tested veteran. That that would put a, a definite damper on the on the uh, the Vegas chances. To so they may the clinch their round. division, but other things may prevent them from having a good first round. Yeah. I mean, uh, Peter, I would be excited. I, mean, I, I know that it was based on yesterday's standings and things may have switched, but – Vegas would play Colorado in the first round. That would be that, that would be pretty entertaining. That would be a lot of fun. You know what's interesting about those two teams, and they're two teams that have given the Jets trouble this season, um, and the games have been close. In that they, well, aside from one, but they they are they run fast. Like when that when the when they get a chance to get out of the the defensive zone boom it's a track meet like they're gone and they attack fast and that could be a really exciting series to watch because it doesn't mean there wouldn't be defense it just means that when the puck when when the possession changes and it's time to go watch them go it's yeah. going to be it'll be really interesting to watch the attack and how they handle that and do it um and you know i think for you know if if that was a first round matchup i think i kind of give the edge to Colorado. Yeah. I think they can come feeling a little loose and just like no one thought we were going to be here. I, and and no one thought Vegas is going to be there. Yeah. But the pressure is way more on Vegas. I think Vegas is the underdog in any series in the first yeah, round. I don't be. see a I don't see a matchup. I mean, I think Colorado would be the closest to being an even an even match because Colorado you know they they have their defensive liabilities. Their goaltending has been good, has been bad. You know, like you know, I, I think that they can be they're beatable, but they face L.A., they face Anaheim, they face San Jose. It's tough. I think the shame of it all, Mike, is their natural rival would probably be the Arizona Coyotes, which isn't going to be a rival to them for many years. Right. So probably if it is Colorado that plays them. That will end up being the team they hate the most for the next couple of years because it's going to be all they know. Right. And yeah. you can't really take it. You know, it's a shame they're not going to be able to take advantage of like a regional uh, boost there. Because if look, if 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 Vegas played Arizona, they would get some pretty good TV ratings. That's those are two good markets there. Yeah. For television. I, I think I think you're right. Just like you know, eventually a Seattle Vancouver when Seattle gets in the league, yeah. that that'll be a phenomenal rivalry when the two teams are competitive in the same division. Um, just finishing up some of the scores, uh, the Panthers beat the Senators seven to two. 
uh, a break for Luongo because the one team that James Reimer can consistently beat is the Ottawa Senators, and he played against them last night and did win. So Luongo so gets a compliment, Mike. Well, no, no, I'm just it's a fact. I mean, when he was in Toronto, he, all, he always beat yeah. Ottawa. He had a, he had a <laughs> fantastic record against Ottawa. Unfortunately, he doesn't have a fantastic record against the other. That was teams. Mike being nice to James Reimer. That's what or, it was. The other 28 teams in the league, his record against those teams aren't that isn't that great. Uh, but, there we go. But 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 Florida now is only a point behind the the suddenly sliding. Not suddenly, but they've been sliding for a while. The Devils. Uh, and they have two games in hand. I mean, Russ, I guess, I, I guess right now they're going to keep playing Luongo tons because they have to make up this gap. But they they're do. going to. Yeah. I meant to look at the schedule. I think they have some road games, and that's been a problem for for um, Florida. So their home record's really good. Like they, or at least their last batch of games at home where they made up all this ground went really well for them. Uh, they haven't been as good of a road team, so let's see how they do play on the road. That's going to probably test their season. Yeah, uh, yeah. At, Colum at Columbus, at home, at home against Arizona, uh, at New the Islanders, at Toronto, at Ottawa, at Boston. So they have a, and then they finish up with four of five at home: Carolina, Nashville, Boston, Buffalo, and then Boston on this last Sunday. Yeah, so if they get through the road swing with a good yeah. record. They might be able to get in the playoffs based on those games finishing got, at home. So they've yeah. got eleven games left. They need to win. They need to win six. To to and and hope needs six to be. That would be where nine, they need to be. That and would be ninety. Hope for a little more, yeah, like would, from other teams. That would be ninety three points. So yeah, yeah ninety three ninety four is where usually the mark is. Yeah. Except you don't know what happens with the other team's bleeding points, though. That's the no, hard part. And, and I'm saying they need to do six. Like they've got to do their job is six wins. Yeah. If they can get more, that's fine. So 12 points minimum. If they can get 13 or 14, get that, you know, the loser point, that's great. But they also need a Jersey or a Philadelphia to have a little bit of trouble, too. Yeah. yeah. And Jersey's having that trouble right yeah. now. Like now, Philly had as bad a game as you could have in Detroit, but they did manage a point. Yeah. yeah. Now, and the thing is, Russ, if 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 Florida does sneak in, it'll probably be in the second wild card spot. And right now, the the uh, President's Trophy winner and leader in the East will be Tampa Bay. It'll be a Tampa Bay Florida first round, which they've never had before. You know, I I I, I don't know if that's going to mean you know thousands of fans going down from Tampa to Miami or Fort Lauderdale or Sunrise or whatever. But I think it'll be pretty exciting because. Those teams don't like each other too much. Well, that um, means they'll have their radios on at the beach. <laughs> now, last night. Well, last I'm sorry. Wait, wait, wait. No, Does anybody not. think that these, these are going to be like hotly contested no. tickets? No, they, they won't be. But but uh, I think. So you're I talking think, like a Canadian. I know. I mean, people will show up. People will show up because it's a hockey team good. in the playoffs. But, but Florida is not going to sell out hockey games in the playoffs. No, I think the hockey will be good. I don't know if it'll be sellout hockey. Let's just say right. that. Now, the last game on, on the list here, I'm not going to talk about the Oilers and Hurricanes because it's meaningless. Um, the, the, the Leafs, it was a tale of two games last night at Amelie Arena in Tampa Bay, or I believe it's actually in St. Petersburg. I may be wrong. Um, the Leafs went up 3-0 late in the second period and then stopped playing. And that's the way, that's the way it basically looked. Um, the Tampa Bay got a goal before the end of the second, scored three goals in the first nine minutes of the of the third period, and win four to three. 
again, the, these games are meaningless for the Leafs because they're locked in third place. It wasn't meaningless for Tampa because now they move five points ahead of Boston. So uh, and Boston's got a couple games in hand. But for Toronto, honestly, I look at Tampa, I look at Boston, and I'm not saying either one of them will be easy easy to beat because I don't I don't think they will. But I would rather play Boston than Tampa because Boston's injured, and Boston's got a lot of young players. What do, what do you think, Russ? I, I think Boston does have a lot of young players. Boy, I, I'm torn. I mean, I, I am really torn. I I don't know. Boston does seem awfully hot right now. Rask does seem awfully locked in. I may lead towards Boston. I might. I mean, you know, it's it's the old saying: death by death by firing squad or death by hanging. It's either way, it's death. But I mean, Peter, I think it's going to be a tough first round opponent, whoever they play. I just look at the depth of firepower, and McDonough had a goal last night and looked pretty good. And if McDonough's up to being McDonough, then you have Strawman, Hedman, McDonough. Uh, Sergachev. I mean, the, the defense is, is a lot better than it was before the deadline. And, you know, Anthony Sorelli, Russ, all, you know, that's not out of nowhere. I know on paper, it seems like, look, we should all be talking about Tampa on paper. It seems like they are the definite choice, but I don't know. Like there's something about this Boston team that even, even yeah. is turning me around lately with all these injuries and in, infusing the youth to sort of get through the season. And some of them will play in the regular season. In the playoffs, rather, I don't know. They're sort of making it happen. Yeah, I mean, Peter, I, I don't. I'm not saying Boston's going to be a cakewalk because they're not going to be because it's Bergeron and Krejci and Marchand and Chara and you know you've got all these young impressive guys like McAvoy. Uh, you know, it's not it, it, Rick Nash is there and Rask has got a lot of experience, so I think they're going to be tough too. But if I'm Toronto and I can choose one of the two, I I think I would choose Boston. I don't know. I don't know if they should choose any of them. <laughs> Peter, I, what do you think? You know, it's this is just one of those really unfortunate things where if I was a Leafs fan, I'd just be I'd just be ticked, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I'd just be mad because but it happens and it's happened before. But I think what's gonna really rub Leafs fans the wrong way is that it, they'll come back to this playoff format, right? Yep. It's that's what's bugging them the most. And in some ways they may not, Peter. But, we hear a lot of rumbling, especially from Ke excuse me, Kevin. That maybe they're going to abandon this yeah. this format, so it's maybe not a lock. It'll be back next year. No, exactly. I'm just saying, but for 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 this year, you know, you want to see those teams. Like, ideally, if you looked at the 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 East right now and you came out of it, you'd be looking at having Boston and Tampa play in the final if things went right, right? right? Like, if if everything goes, and that won't happen. Yeah, now he actually John, John Shannon did it yesterday. If the playoffs started today in the one through eight format in the East, the first matchup would be the same. It'd be Tampa, New Jersey. Yeah. Boston would play Columbus. Yeah. Toronto would play Philadelphia. Oh. Yeah. Salivate. And Washington would play Pittsburgh. So it's not perfect oh. because you'd have Washington, Pittsburgh, and yeah. that's you, know, you don't you want to avoid that. But the thing is, it's like right now. It's possible you're gonna have Washington Pittsburgh in the second round. I mean, yeah. you want to get those matchups in this in the third in in, in the I do think that with yeah. what Shannon laid out, you have more even series though. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, look, it's never it's never going to be hundred percent perfect. I'm just not no. a big fan of this th this way. But I mean, you know, back to your question, Mike. If, if it's going to be 
a choice between Tampa or Boston, I'm probably choosing Tampa if I'm the Leafs hmm. simply because it was 4-1 and the go it doesn't even matter if there's not a stitch of people from that team on the Leafs, you know, not one player left, it doesn't matter. Right. That that whole stigma. You think the go you think the ghost of 2013 is going to rise? Yeah, exactly. See, I I th- I, th- I think the motive see that I actually think that that will provide motivation to slay the ghost. Uh, I think you know there are pl- there are only a few players that were on that team that are still there: Van Riemsdyk, Bozak, Kadri, I think Gardner, and I think that's about it. And there's four, maybe four or five players. Maybe have Ty Domi drop the opening puck, and that'll help. I don't know how. Only if he gets into a fight with uh, Rene Rencor in the penalty box or something like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he'll start pumping, and and Ty will start pumping. Um, okay, so a few few a few notes here. A lot of uh, little lot of signings and little trades here. Um, Russ, the move that we had heard was going to happen is as happened. Uh, Ellie Tolvanen has signed his ELC with the with the Predators. Now, ironically, um, Jokerit has not been eliminated yet, but they're down three one in their in their series uh, in the KHL playoffs. So I, I, they're. Ex- probably expecting to lose and it sounds yeah, like yeah. Tobin and he's got all of his um um immigration things in order so as soon as they lose he's heading to Tennessee good for them I mean that's a, a big cog to add the same way you know you added a nice shot in Ryan Donato you could add a nice shot in Ely Tobin and, and probably even a better shot so that's that's going to help him now, Peter, just what you want to hear is Nashville getting stronger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. No one wants to hear that. So hopefully they play Anaheim and Corey Perry does Corey Perry things. <laughs> <laughs> um, a couple. Now, Russ, I was struck by this trade. I don't know much about Cooper Merity. I'm sure you, know, you probably know a lot more about him than I do, but the, but the Flyers traded his rights to Edmonton for a third-round pick in the 2019 draft. Uh, what, what can you tell me about him? Well, he, he's, a, he's a playmaker first and foremost. He is a very smart kid with a lot of vision, uh, very well coached, very coachable. I think his dad was a coach. Mm-hmm. I watched him in the USHL. He was a teammate of Keith Rubello's. All those things bode really well, and I was surprised to see this. But then again, he's three years in Michigan. He's playing with Quinn Hughes this year. He's he, well more than a point a game. He can call his own shots, and if he felt like Philly wasn't going to give him much of a chance based on who they have in their lineup, then that's a situation where you have to look at it and say, all right, you know what? Philly's going to have to trade him. To get a third rounder is good, but Edmonton got something good here. Just, you know, like the similar to Drake Kajula, although I think that Marity has better vision and, and actually way better passer. I think he will um, he will add something to Edmonton. And I think people are sort of undervaluing. There's always this thing where if a team loses a college player, you always hear the, well, you know, I guess the team didn't want him. Well, that's not the case all the time because the, the power is with the player, especially when he's not signed. So Ron Hextall is the kind of GM that doesn't like players to sort of call their own shots or be able to call their own shots. He can. There's probably not enough playing time for them in their organization. Edmonton does need offense. They'll add it. You'll hear stuff, well, he's probably not a good enough skater. You know what? I think he is a good enough skater. I think the issue is 
you know, we've heard this before, like, hey, this guy's not a good enough skater. You know what? If you play with the right players, you could still set them up and get them in scoring position and really become a little bit of a factor. I think he'll be a third liner, and I think he'll have a decent career. Some people are going to say, well, he's a career AHLer, and, and you know what? Not buying it. Sorry. Yeah, and along the lines of uh, teams wanting to get their <clears throat> college guys lo uh, locked up before they have a chance to test free agency, I think it's August August 15th that they turn pro. One of the names that we mentioned on a previous show was Christian Wolanin, who was a defenseman who was leading uh, North Dakota uh, in scoring. He actually signed an entry-level deal with the uh, Ottawa Senators who drafted him, so they were able to retain him, probably because he sees opportunity there with yep. potential of Eric Carlson. And I just had to stop and say, you know, condolences go out to Eric Carlson and his wife and his family for yes. the, yeah. the events of yesterday. Absolutely. I didn't want to dwell on it, but it, it was a really, you know, somber note. And we were talking about No, and we didn't know, like on the show, we had no idea why he was out of the lineup. No yeah. idea. But, uh, but you know, in terms of opportunity in, in, in Ottawa, uh, you know, CC is a restricted free agent. They've got some young guys like Shabbat, but, you know, CC might get traded in the offseason. Uh, Carlson may get traded in the offseason. So Will Landon probably sees opportunity there. Um, and I don't know anything about this, but it, on the on the heels of uh, of uh, Boston signing uh, Ryan Donato, they they signed a six foot seven defenseman from Harvard named Wiley Sherman. I have not. I, you've seen. I've seen him play. I I haven't thought a lot about him, so we'll see. I think that's a you know like a project. Like, hey, let's sign him. There's something there. Look, I think at the end of the day, you're going to see Ted Donato leave Hartford, Harvard, not Hartford leave Harvard and, and become something in the Boston Bruins system. And I think that's a way of sort of setting it up. Yeah. And as, as you said yesterday, uh, Lucia is leaving Minnesota and now Lindgren is leaving Minnesota. And now there's talk about maybe Casey Middlestat leaving Minnesota, although they, they, you know, he hasn't made any kind of announcement, but that could happen during. I think that's all going to happen. I think once yeah. Lucia decided he was going, those players were going to go. That's why I talked about Lindgren yesterday. Um, there is going to be another, there's going to be some other players, um, breaking into the NHL, but you probably know that, right? Yeah. No, I mean tomorrow. No, I, I, I don't, I don't. Okay. So, um, it looks like for that Flyers Ranger game that, um, the chat room was right. And Leah Sanderson and Phil Cheadle are supposed to play. Okay. And so they'll, that's a hell of a way to break in if you're a Ranger rookie against the Flyers, but you know what? For the next whatever they have left, eight games, nine games, yeah. it's a good way to sort of get them used to the other players, get them used to the NHL, let them think about the NHL over the summer, let them come and try and really make an impact next year. If they could speed up the process and maybe next year is their net only other down year, you've still got a couple years left then with Lundquist to try and do something unless, again, they were to be able to sign a big free agent then that maybe speeds up even more. Right, and they won't and they won't burn burn a year of entry level on these players because now Cheeto played early in the year, so they probably yes. have to control his games, but but Anderson hasn't. Uh, no. One one other one other note, um, the uh, and we've I think we talked to this guy at the uh, at the prospect uh, com at the combine a couple of years ago, Russ uh, Adam Mashirin, who is a second round pick of the Florida Panthers. He's informed the Panthers he will not sign with them. Now he scored he scored forty goals this year for Kitchener. He's had two thirty five yeah. goal seasons before then. I've seen him play. The only the, the only 
negative about him is he's five nine and 180 pounds but i think yeah i don't think i'm not worried about the negative with this kid he i think he's got the speed i think he's he got does. The speed to play he does have the speed i think he's got enough strength and enough size like basically weight wise is what i mean yeah. to be able to handle the nhl is he going to score 40 goals no but could he score 15 goals at the nhl level yeah maybe even more and so i think this is a guy again looking at what's going on there and saying, I need to play where I could, you know, make, be able to make an impact. Yeah. He's built like a fire plug and then, yeah. you know, he's solid. And for teams out there, you know, Peter, there are teams out there that are okay up the middle, but need need wingers. And the funny thing is, and he's a left winger, Florida is one of those teams. They're strong up the middle. They have Barkov. They have Trocheck. Yeah. They, they, they've been actually they've been playing Bukestad on the wing. They're strong up the middle. They need wingers. And now and this guy is basically. I mean, I don't know if it's a negotiating tactic to get more on an entry level deal, and maybe he goes back and they talk and they talk. But this is. I mean, teams are missing out on opportunities on players unless the, unless they're unless they're sold that they don't think he, he's an NHLer. I, I don't understand the mentality of some of these teams when they need areas to sign players and they, and they don't sign them. You know what? It's, it's a mystery, but, and it doesn't happen very often either. Right? Like, I mean, you, when these things happen, it's because the player usually doesn't want to go to that team. And usually, you know, you're thinking college free agents, right? So that's when it usually happens. They just decide they're going to test the thing and have to take their early right as a free agent based on the CBA. But when they don't sign guys and when they just let it go, it, it is curious, and you have to wonder what what the thinking is now. With well, the Florida, loss of an asset, yeah, it, it just it, it's odd. Like if if he believes he's that good, or or there's a whatever the case is, then trade him for something. Right. If he was a third round pick, trade him for a third or a fourth, and just yeah. get something. Even get a like, fifth round pick, get an asset for him. Yeah, get. Yeah. A, I don't. I I agree. I don't understand it. It's odd, but you know. There are teams that do odd things, and, <laughs> that's, and it happens. And for I mean, the, for but basically, what the report is is Florida will look to move them to, to recoup some sort of asset. And a few right. years ago, Russ, when you know Zach Hyman was a at the University of Michigan, he didn't see a path to make the NHL with Florida, and Florida ended up getting you know Greg McKagan a seventh round pick for him. I yeah. would do that. Yeah, that was a beneficial deal for Toronto because Toronto signed him and he's on the left wing of Austin Matthews right now. And he's been pretty effective with them. So that turned out to be a good deal. It wasn't a great deal for Florida, but at least they got a set. At least they got a draft pick and another player for a guy they weren't going to get anything for because mm -hmm. he was going to go someplace else. This is a beneficial pick for somebody like when they make this trade, it's going to be beneficial to some other team. The interesting thing is this is this again could be fallout of what happened to Florida a couple of years ago. Yep. And you have a prospect now that sort of is made, you know, not been ignored, but saying kind of thinking to himself, where do I fit in this franchise? Yeah. And so now he's making it known. So this way he can get traded because he obviously like he's not a college free agent, so he can't just leave. Right. So they're going to have to do something about it. But yeah, they're going to have to take like a fifth to sixth or a seventh round pick. Well, just to get be, something for him. He can be, he goes back in the draft if they don't trade him, right? He's 19. Yeah, so he, but you get a, co a compensatory pick. You do get a compensatory pick. I was going to talk about that a minute ago. Yeah. So, so you would get something so, if he goes back in the draft. Right. But so that they trade him, the other team is better off trading him. 
Yeah, better off trading. The compensatory pick is it's the round. What is it? The round you're picked in? I think not. I don't think it's the round you're picked in. I want to say it's a little worse than that. I think it's the next round. I think I think they would get the next round. I think it's the next round. So if you're a second, you get a third. Right. That might be better than what you get by trading them. Well, if you can get a, a warm body, it might be better. Yeah. Well, well, exactly. It all depends on needs. I mean, a lot of times, if you can just get the right the right guy who may be a career minor leaguer, but he can still play in your AHL team and be, and be yes. there, is just as valuable to the team anyways. It is. All right, guys. Great show. Uh, we will be back tomorrow, tomorrow with another edition of the Hockey Buzzcast. For Peter Tessier, for the departed Anthony Mangione, for Russ Cohen, I'm Michael. Not Adele. dead. He just left the show. <laughs> he just left. Yes. Not the dearly departed. The departed. Yeah. Just want to make sure people know that. I'm Michael Agello. Thanks for watching. And remember, without the buzz, it's just hockey. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.